Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's the Supper Club Sports Guys with our Everything Wisconsin Sports Podcast. That was Nangdo with his song Intro from album Chrome. I'm Marty Laments. With me, as always, is co-host Tyler Albers. Tyler, how are you doing on this frigid evening? Oh, I'm fantastic, Marty. I got some whiskey with me to warm up. Is it is it cold enough for you? Uh, I prefer, you know, 10 to 15 degrees colder. Um, negative 10 just isn't quite enough for me. Um, but yeah, on the same note uh, as your whiskey, uh, I got a Bloody Mary here to my right. So uh, we're both doing it proper, it sounds like. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, this is going to be an entertaining show then, obviously. Yes, yeah, this is my first cocktail uh, that I've had while we're, we've been doing one of these, so we'll we'll see how it goes. <laughs> how was your snow day, or I should say cold day? Well, work wouldn't let me come in today, and I got a uh, call from my regional manager earlier this afternoon telling me that we would be closed again tomorrow. So it's been fantastic. I couldn't ask for a better day. I love it when it's colder in Wisconsin than it is in Antarctica. Yeah, that is something else. And also I read that it's actually warmer on Mars. Yes, yeah. Some parts of Mars are actually warmer than the what it feels like negative 52 degrees in Milwaukee right now. Man, that's crazy. And I don't, you know, know the numbers on this, but we are, you know, significantly closer to the sun than Mars is. So that's really a mind-blowing fact. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That is something else. Did well, you get a chance uh, well, to go outside today at all? I haven't yet. I think I'm going to poke my head out there. I know I was telling you, I think I'm going to shotgun a beer outside just um, – you know, to say that I did that. So as long as it doesn't freeze um, going down your gullet. 
Yeah, I might have to bring a hot plate out there to uh, put the beer on after, like halfway through. <laughs> well, well, we got even though world, I was going to say, so even though it's cold outside, um, a team in Madison has been pretty hot. Uh, those Wisconsin Red Badgers hot. that you and I can't seem to stop talking about. Um, yeah, they've been on a little winning streak here ever since. Uh, ever since they lost that game, was it Purdue or Maryland, maybe? And uh, wrote uh, I wrote an article, kind of scathing article on the Badger basketball team, and pretty much since then, been a different team. What what uh what's spurred the change in the Badger basketball team, Tyler? Besides them reading your article, I mean that's got to be part of it. I mean, we both can just assume that that is part of it. Um, beyond that, I think I, – I don't think much has changed, to be honest with you. Um, a lot of the games that they did lose, they were close games, and they just weren't closing them out and finishing the game strongly. Maybe maybe they're, they're finishing games a little bit better. Uh, but I, I just think that they're, they're just playing their game and they just kind of rode out a little funk. Uh, they've been hitting hitting threes a little bit better too, but, I mean, offensively, they've just been doing the same thing and just kind of doing their blue-collar grind, and they're getting some wins out of it. And I, I uh, give Greg Gard a lot of credit for not buckling down under the pressure of of the losing streak that they had and just continuing to go to work every day and getting his guys focused to a point where, you know, they're on a, a four, five game win streak right now. Yeah. It looks like we have won, uh, we've won three in a row. Yeah. We've got three in a row right now. Wait, no, I'm sorry. Four, four in a row. And then we go for five in a row against Maryland on Friday. And um, I think the statistic that, is most surprising to me is that Ethan Happ has not been our leading scorer in a couple of these wins here. And both you and I were saying in previous episodes that, you know, the offense really does run through Happ. Clearly Happ had a huge part of the Michigan win when he put up 26 points. But um, after that, in the game against Illinois, he only had nine points and played 25 minutes. Then in the game against Northwestern, Hap only had uh, 13 points. I mean, it was part of a triple-double, but Davison and Demetric Trice both outscored him that game. Um, so, I mean, I think part of it is that the team has figured out how to win without Hap being the leading scorer. Uh, in this most recent win against Nebraska last night, um, Hap had 10 points, but Davison led the way with 13. Reavers had 10. Uh, just a lot more balanced attack. There were three scores who scored eight points and then three that had double digits in a 62 point effort from the Badgers. So um, I don't know. It's fascinating to see how we have uh, kind of maybe turned a corner as far as depending on Hap for all of our buckets. And I think kind of what I touched on before, the fact that I think Hap is, they're still running their offense kind of the same way where they try to exploit a matchup in the post with Hap. But what's happening is when he does find the open guy, he's finding him a little bit sooner maybe. And 
that guy is hitting the open shot. I think earlier this season, we weren't hitting those shots, and we weren't hitting those shots early. If you saw the game last night, the Badgers went out to a – I mean, they they I think they started with a 12- to 14-point lead. Obviously, Nebraska caught up. But they were hitting those shots early on. They had the confidence going. And that's just something you haven't seen a lot of these Badgers do throughout the year. So that that's definitely a nice, welcoming thing to say. And when you mentioned that Hap only had nine points in the uh, – was it the Northwestern or the middle Minnesota game? Illinois game. I'm sorry. That I think both the of them time. had under 10. Yeah, that was the first time in 43 games, 43 straight consecutive games. Hap had scored, or 43, yeah, 43 straight consecutive games. Hap had scored in the double digits. And it's it's kind of refreshing to see him not score in double digits, and yet we still get the win because other people are stepping up. Yeah, it's a pretty incredible stat, honestly. 43 consecutive games with double figures, and we've been winning four of those games where he's had 13, 10, 9, and then Michigan, 26. But, uh, you know, he's been, you know, relatively quiet uh, as far as, you know, the scoring is concerned. So, As far as a big man who, you know, gets triple doubles because he dishes out 12 assists to go with his 12 points on top of 14 rebounds kind of thing. Yeah, it's funny to say that you got to use those words quiet, but in like we were talking about half before, it's just so weird because we take for granted the, the skill set that this guy actually has. And it's an off night offensively for him if he's only scoring 10, 12, 14 points a game. Yeah, it's a, he's a pretty special player, and I know that we've been negative about his game um, in past episodes, but, I mean, we've also acknowledged the fact that he does have an incredible skill set that we're pretty fortunate to watch in Madison on a, you know, twice-a-week basis for the last four years. But speaking of other big guys, there's uh, another big guy in the NBA – um, who is requesting to be traded out of New Orleans. A uh, young man who goes by the name of Anthony Davis, the brow, uh, wants out of New Orleans. He's sick of it down there. There's rumors the Bucks are interested. What do, you, what do you want the Bucks to do? Stay pat? Should we make a splash? Did you hear that? And I don't know how, I've never heard of this before. But because that an insider didn't disclose this information, it was just put out to the public by his agent or by himself that Anthony Davis was fined fifty thousand dollars. I did see that. I didn't. I know don't that really understand why. Yeah, I, I don't really get why. I, I I can see why because, and the NBA doesn't want all of these jokers to just pick and choose their favorite teams and form all of these super teams. Well, I guess unless it's in Boston or LA, then I guess the NBA is fine with that. But I just, I didn't know that rule. And I, obviously it's not going to deter anybody. If you find somebody who makes $25 million a year, $50,000. But I just thought that was interesting to, to start the conversation off. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think he really should be suspended necessarily because, like, what's the difference between him saying that he's not interested in playing in New Orleans anymore and him having his agent tell Andy Katz that he's not interested in playing in New Orleans anymore, you know, just because, like, some journalist breaks a story instead of the agent handling it himself? Exactly, exactly. Uh, One thing, it's the journalist's job to do that, and the other thing – they're almost like forcing a middleman in there. But that's that's neither here nor there. Um, What do I feel about the whole situation? I saw that Gary Wolfel tweeted out, according to his sources, that the Bucks offered every single person not named Giannis. Uh, How do you feel about that? Well, I don't mean to drag... Gary's name through the mud here, but uh, he's been wrong before. Um, that seems like that's a pretty drastic statement that we made everyone expendable. But I mean, at the same time, we are talking about Anthony Davis here. Um, so that is certainly I plausible. I don't, think, I don't think it's a sense where they were going to trade five people away. But, no, but the report was within reason, take anybody minus Giannis. I mean, the guy's been in the business for 30 years. And he's an award-winning journalist. So, I mean, his, his name carries a little bit of weight. I, I hope that's not true. I really hope that's not true because uh, you're going to give away. I understand, again, that a, a four of our starters aren't under contract next year with Brogdon being a restricted free agent in there. But – we can't just trade away two starting guards and a starting forward, get Anthony Davis, and then just have Giannis and Davis with a bunch of average to below average players. That's, that's, that's not going to get you an NBA championship. And Anthony Davis, he's already said he's not going to sign an extension with anyone. He wants to play for L.A. So he's going to play out the rest of this season and next season. And again, Giannis is gone after next season if we don't sign him. We don't have any good players around him because Davis is going. We traded all those players for Davis. It would make it more likely that Giannis would bolt too. I don't like this at all. Yeah, I think that a move for Anthony Davis derails our championship hopes for this year. Right now, without Anthony Davis, we have the best record in the NBA. I don't understand why we would be willing to give up, you know, two to three fifths of our starting lineup for one dude who, like you said, we could only control for a year and a half. I mean, granted this one dude is absolutely incredible and it would be amazing to watch him and Giannis play together on the same court, but that would be something. But yeah, I I think that that would just derail the chemistry of the team. It's just an unnecessary move. Like right now, honestly, as we are, I think that this is the closest we've been to a championship caliber team since 2001. And it's super fun to watch. And I would be pretty heartbroken if we wound up derailing this season by, you know, sending three guys away. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, there there is an argument to be made that, well, this year at least Boston can't do the trade because of Kyrie's contract, um, but they can get him in the offseason once there's a, a restructure of a contract. Um, 
But Toronto's also sending out offers too. I don't know if they have that could get him, but at the same time, if the Bucks don't get him and the Celtics do or Toronto does, uh, that that might make their teams better. You don't know. It doesn't mean you need to go try to get the guy, but that's an argument that I've heard. I really don't agree with it because it might make those other teams worse too. I mean, have you heard that one yet? I haven't, but that's a pretty compelling argument. Uh, Kawhi and Anthony Davis on the same court would be scary too. Yeah, but it would probably be Kawhi, Anthony Davis, and then a bunch of nobodies. Right. Because they have to give up a lot to get this guy. And the Lakers, they really don't have to do anything right now because I think if Davis has said he wants to sign with L.A., why would they just give up a bunch of players for a guy that they can sign after next year? Right. Yeah, just stand pat. If you're the Lakers, yeah, you got LeBron and Lonzo has come into his own, I hate to admit. So far, he's been... a heck of a player? Yeah. No, they've been pretty good, man. And, uh, yeah, might as well ride it out. They'll probably be in the top eight. I don't know where their place is right now in the Western Conference, but they're, they've been pretty good this year. So Well, they have been good. LeBron's been hurt. Uh, he's been hurt for the last two weeks, so they've kind of – dropped a little bit, but once LeBron gets healthy, there's no reason right. to think that that the Lakers aren't going to go to the playoffs, so let's be honest. Yeah, so they're in um, ninth place right now in the Western Conference, and yeah, LeBron has been out. Was it a groin or hammy? It was a groin, right? Yeah, some, like, some, some muscle injury, and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Brooklyn Nets are, the season ended today, are in the playoffs right now. I mean, I... I, it's easy for LA to overtake those guys. That's are in the Eastern Conference, but aside from that, it's still the Lakers. Like they'll they'll find a way in. Oh yeah, my fault. It's all good. Um, but yeah, to continue with the Bucks. Um, obviously, as mentioned earlier, we're, we have the best record in the NBA right now. I don't know the last time that we could say that about the Milwaukee Bucks when we weren't like two and O or something. Um, yeah. Do you feel confident about this Bucks team? Are you worried after the OKC loss with Paul George and uh, the Thunder taking care of business against us? Obviously we can't win them all. Uh, Paul George is a top 15, top 10 player in the NBA right now. And he went off. Uh, sometimes you just can't stop great players who are in a group. And as bad as we played that night, we were at that amazing three off balance with a guy in his face, three from Paul George at the very end of the game, uh, from from tying it up next possession. So, no, I – I don't want to overreact to anything. I don't think before that loss the other night, I don't think we had lost since December 13th or December 14th or something like that. Wow. So, no, not not worried about it. And do we need to make a trade before the trade deadline? No. The thing I'm worried about is other teams will be getting better, though. So is is a trade that, Philadelphia or Toronto or Boston, 
is there a trade that one of those teams make that puts them above the Bucks because they've sat and done nothing? I, I would like the Bucks to maybe go get a complimentary guy like a Rodney Hood or, you know, just some scorer that can come off the bench, maybe can get in the rotation eventually, um, just to have some kind of insurance kind of thing because injuries can happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure but, Horst is is looking at you know at every option to strengthen the team because you're right, standing pat and that watching everyone else get better around you, you know that doesn't necessarily help your chances. So we got to be open to whatever move might make us better for the next you know three months. Me Davis. <laughs> Right. No, no, it's not, you're right. Like I'm thinking of like a sixth or seventh guy, you know, someone who isn't going to crack our starting rotation, but maybe will, I guess, but you know, someone who can just provide a little insurance, like you said, in case Bledsoe or Middleton go down. And can we talk about Bledsoe too, for a second? How good has he been? He's been great. He is, he has been night and day compared to uh, his Drew Bledsoe days of the first round of the playoffs last year. Right. Yeah. The, this quote came out. Um, I think it was, was from sports illustrated, but he said that last year, or it was his fault that the bucks lost the Boston series in the 2018 playoffs. He said that he put that on him. Um, and that, you know, it made him hungry. And it's a pretty good piece to read. Um, let me double check that it was Sports Illustrated. Either way, it's just great to see that these guys are hungry and, you know, taking responsibility for that. It wasn't all his fault. <laughs> there was a lot of things that went wrong for the, in those games against the Celtics. No, it but, wasn't all his fault, but a backup point guard got in his head. I mean, he let Terry Rozier get in his head. And, yeah, he learned from it. And, you know, part of that is learning, and that's great. Uh, Part of it, I bet, is this is a contract year. It's a contract year for him and a bunch of other players. And Middleton's not performing right now uh, in a contract year. And Bledsoe is is playing like an all-star, or at least a borderline all-star. He's been great. Yeah, he still does some frustrating things. But he's one of the best guards in the league at finishing by the hoop. And he's got a burst, an explosion. You know, it helps him with keeping up on defense and getting past some of the best defensive guards in the league. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else. Yeah, I don't know. And he's strong, too. He's built like a fire hydrant. So if he doesn't have the length on, like, a Ben Simmons or a taller point guard, at least he can body him and out-muscle him, which I think is important. So uh, he, he's, I, Yeah, he's been great. So another friend and I were discussing then, do we give Bledsoe the contract that we've been talking about giving to Middleton the last couple of years? Or what do we do? Do we, Obviously, I mean, we, I don't think we choose both. Who's your priority? Well, I, I can't predict the future. I don't. First of all, I don't know 
I don't know how much Brogdon's going to get offered. Are we going to have to match a four-year, $60 million contract that someone offers Brogdon? Um, we're not going to be able to, to re-sign all four of these guys. I would I would rather try to re-sign three if that meant it wasn't Middleton. You know, if, you know what I mean? If it was Middleton and one other guy, I'd rather do those three, Lopez, Brogdon, and Bledsoe without Middleton because Middleton's probably going to be the most expensive. Right. Yeah, and Lopez has played his way into a good contract. Yeah, and I think because of the system, the the thing about Lopez is a lot of people are looking for a stretch five, but Lopez, I bet he loves playing in Milwaukee because he's a stretch five that gets the green light. He gets pulled out of the game if he doesn't take an open shot or a semi-open shot, and he's got to love that. I know he's going to want some money in the off season, but where else is he going to go in the NBA where he gets that freedom? As yeah, I mean, he can put up 10 threes a game and no one would be mad. Exactly. He can't go yeah. he can't go to Golden State and do that. He's going to have I mean, again, it's what it's what his motivation is. Does does he want to make a couple extra million dollars and cash in and he can't blame a guy for that? Or do you just want to stick with, try to stick around and keep this nucleus and see if they can win an NBA championship? See if, you know, he can stay around and, and be the person or the group of people that make Giannis want to stay because they can be competitive for the next five years. Yeah, and you got to think that these players like playing alongside Giannis. You know, he seems like he's a pretty tough guy to – to disagree with, you know, he's just like so passionate and outgoing and also just extremely driven and competitive and wants to win. And it must be a, you know, I would imagine that it's fun to be around a guy who has that drive and like, it just makes everyone around him better. You know? Absolutely. If I played with Giannis, there's absolutely no way I would take a playoff or a practice off or anything like that. He, he has such great, maybe not vocal leadership skills, but just a lead-by-example type of leader that is confident but not cocky and loyal to his teammates. And he's a, for, for as good as Giannis is, he is a very unselfish basketball player. Yeah, he's an ultimate teammate out there. He is so much fun to watch. We're super lucky. That worked out super well. That was an amazing move to draft Giannis. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there would be a, a basketball team in Milwaukee right now if we didn't do that pick, if we didn't pick Giannis. Now, transitioning from one good teammate to potentially a bad teammate, we've heard about what Thon Maker wants to do. Yeah, or so that it's been reported anyways that, uh, yeah, he's he wants out of Milwaukee or more playing time, one or the other. I don't follow now, the him. report was the, the report was from Adrian Wojnarski. I wish that guy had a better last name or one that was easier to pronounce because he breaks every single basketball insider news. And yeah, he, really he practices his last name. Everybody knows who he is. <laughs> 
Um, so essentially, he said that a rep for Giannis, so Giannis's agent or somebody out of Giannis, or sorry, out of Don's camp, said that he wanted, you know, the Bucks to trade him, find a partner so he could get more playing time. Now, did you hear what Don had to say about the situation? Yeah. So there was an interview. I think it was Journal Sentinel online. You'd sent me the link for it, um, where it was kind of a interview, pretty much with Fawn and and this journalist. I'm I'm not sure who it was, um, but basically Fawn's argument was like that he didn't really think much of it, and that he's just preparing for each game and putting all his effort into practice and into preparing for the next challenge ahead of him, which uh, is the next game. So I don't know. Yeah. After reading the, it was a question, a straight question and answer interview. And after reading that, I mean, I got the sense that, yeah, maybe Thon does want out, but I don't think he wanted this to get public. Um, He wasn't aware that the story was going to come out. He said multiple times that he loves Milwaukee. He loves his teammates. He used the word focus a lot. He, frankly, he said all the right things. Um, I can't fault the guy for wanting more minutes, but dude, I mean, DJ Wilson has been outplaying you. That's why you're not getting minutes right now. Right. He's got to battle. He's got to be battling to get the playing time. I mean, it's just not going to get handed to you. And DJ Wilson's playing out of his mind right now. I mean, he's one of the, most efficient players on our team, I would say right now. It's it's so frustrating because Don is one of those guys, you know, a couple years back, I think there's an article about him, how it's one of those unicorns in the NBA. Tall, athletic, uh, can shoot. And he was supposed to be, he was supposed to develop into the next Giannis. I mean, obviously that's asking way too much out of the guy. But you can kind of see it where you you draft a project like that. He bulks up and learns the game. Um, but Son is still a project. He's still very raw. And he works hard. I mean, it's not completely his fault. But he's still kind of a raw player. Yeah, no, he's still got a long ways to go. And even, I mean, the comparisons to Giannis are definitely too much that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid um, or a young adult, depending on what you think his age is. Um, but <laughs> the the whole thing with Thon um, is that he's got that three point shot, but he hasn't really had the chance to develop. I mean, Giannis was getting the time to play as a rookie. You know, he was just thrown out there and we haven't had the ability to do that with Thon. So his, his learning curve is a little bit bigger in my opinion because he's not had the amount of time to go up against the NBA talent and learn as much as Giannis was able to in his first couple of years. You know, Giannis wasn't always what he is now. He was obviously a freak, but he learned to become the player he is now from making a lot of mistakes and Thon isn't getting that experience right now. The Bucks organization's fault. I mean, there were a lot of times where I thought, Don should have been playing in the G League or the D League at the time when he was a rookie. 
and he just wasn't logging in those minutes. Um, you're completely right, though. The, the more you do something, the better you get at it. And you can't, in practice, you can't simulate an actual game. You can't simulate game time experience. What I'm frustrated about is San's rookie year, when he came in towards the end of the year and into the playoffs, he was he was a monster sometimes. He was that spark plug off the bench, running down, chasing down ball handlers and, you know, putting blocks off the glass and hitting big threes. And it's like, wow, this, this kid's got a chance to do something. And it's, I don't feel like he's really matched that yet, that intensity. It only shows up in flashes and it's not every single game. And I, I, I wish I could see that more often. Yeah, I guess I tend to agree with you. The intensity that he brought in those postseason games against the Bulls, um, whoever it was against, he like went off. He had a couple of moments off the bench that definitely were the big spark plugs and like the catalyst of the game, you know, of a comeback win. And yeah, you haven't really seen him play with that same intensity and drive, at least like you said, in extended stretches. So that is frustrating. I'd like to see him stick around. I'd, I'd hate to give up on a guy too soon. He is still young, um, you know, with a disclaimer of how old you think he is. But, he, you know, he's still young, and it, it maybe he can still put on a little bit more muscle. Some body types, you just you can't. Like Giannis, he's just transformed his body, and I don't think that just some body types – they don't allow you to transform the way Giannis has. Um, but maybe Thon can get a little stronger. Maybe he can get a little more consistent. He's just, he, he's still got to learn how to catch the ball. He's got stone hands, but I'd hate to give up on a project like that. Um, but I still wouldn't be mad if it was, you know, if they traded Thon in a second round pick for a Rodney Hood type or that kind of offensive playmaker off the bench uh, that I was kind of alluding to before. Yeah, I mean, it could end up being the difference between going to the championship game or the conference final, you know. Or what do I know? Maybe we don't need Rodney Hood. Pat Connaughton had like 16 points last night in 17 minutes. And he flies Project through the Pat. air, man. Oh, he's a glider. He's like a video game. It's like NBA Jam came to life. Yes. Yes. I swear to God, I saw the ball on fire in the second three-pointer. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're going to wrap this episode up here. But before we do, uh, in honor of the polar vortex, um, just a little trip down memory lane here, uh, just to talk about some of your coldest sports memories do you have anything that comes specifically to mind tyler yes right right away um when the packers won the super bowl in the 90s i was in fourth grade obviously we all remember that that was uh brett Favre, his first and only super bowl uh reggie white was running around with the trophy at uh new orleans stadium um they had a homecoming i think yeah, the return Sometime to title that week was, Yes, return to title I was town. there. I, I was there, too. And 
I didn't put enough socks on. And I had to leave halfway through that event because it was frigid cold outside. And halfway through it, I could not feel my toes. We tried to get some some toe warmers and hand warmers in my boots. And I, it just, it wasn't happening for me. I unfortunately had to leave that. I know it wasn't a sporting event, but it was sports related. And that's definitely the first thing that comes to my mind. Were you in Lambeau that day? I was in Lambeau. Okay. So it was, it was, it was dark. I was sitting in Lambeau. You were talking about, you're, are you talking about the parade itself? No, well, no. So I was in Lambeau too, but we got there at like two in the afternoon, or you know, it was early. We got there early, okay? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what time it was, but it was too early. And the crowds downtown Green Bay, there was too much. So the bus was traveling down like Cherry Street, going a mile an hour, carrying the team. They were supposed to be to the stadium at like two, and they didn't get there till like five. And the same thing happened to me. We watched, you know, some of the celebration, but I had been sitting out there for like six hours. I couldn't do it anymore. I had to leave. My feet were too cold. So I still get <laughs> crap about it. I still get crap oh, about yeah. it. But oh, I was yeah. also my, my nine years old. Reminding me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like I told you to put three pairs of socks on. <laughs> Honestly, I'm convinced that I was dressed for the weather, but it was just, you know, too much exposure. Too much exposure. I mean, that's a long time. I was I was outside for about three minutes today, and I I couldn't feel my toes. Yeah, man, it is it is a different kind of frigid. Uh, it is like unparalleled. I don't think I've ever felt anything quite like this. And I, I wasn't even out today. I was out yesterday, and it was brutal. Um, but my number one memory of, of cold days, and it's actually a really terrible memory at the same time, um, was the 2007 NFC Championship game, what ended up being Favre's last game as a Packer. Uh, the week before, we had hosted the Seahawks at Lambeau, and a big group of mine, uh, of friends of mine, got together, and we tailgated. Oh, no, I was, yeah, uh, we, watched the, we watched the game uh, out of the back of your mom's minivan. Exactly, yes. Yep. I, so I there. See, by, it's a little I hazy memory. About 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was a blast. Like, we had a great time. And the, the Packers won, and they moved on to the NFC Championship game. So we were like, hey, we should do it again for the, the NFC Championship game. Little did we know that the weather was going to be about 30 degrees colder. And I'm looking right now. It says that the game time temperature was negative one degree. And me and a group of about 15 guys watched the game in the back of my mom's van, parked in the Lambeau parking lot, cracking beers that froze so fast that we literally grilled beer, <laughs> which is my favorite story to tell. But we, we would crack the beer and the foam would like freeze. The head of the beer would just freeze straight out of the mouth hole in the can. And it would be like this, like, conical sphere of beer ice just slowly rising out of the mouth of the beer. (laughs) It was was something else, man. In order to drink the beer, we had to grill them. You would open it, chug, and it would turn to ice, put it on the grill, and then drink again. So did you have your beer medium rare or medium? (laughs) Uh, I guess I would say, I'm going to have to say medium well because it was melted, so... We'll air on a little bit warmer side. 
but it was something else. As long as it was liquefied. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was partially slushy, I think, but uh, definitely one of my favorite stories. I have a buddy who lives in New Orleans who uh, is in sales, and he loves to tell that story to his southern counterparts. So it's truly something, having to grill a beer. It's about as Wisconsin as it gets. Only in Wisconsin. It's about as supper club as it gets. You're right. So speaking of supper clubs, we've been Supper Club Sports. You can follow us on Facebook. Blog Talk Radio hosts all of our podcasts, but you can also now find us on Stitcher. Stitcher just added us to their rotation. You can now find us there. Uh, You can email us as well at supperclubsports at gmail.com. Just be sure to check us out on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're everywhere. You can find us everywhere. Feel free to reach out. Thank you so much for listening, Tyler. It's been a pleasure. Hope you're staying warm. It is officially... Sorry, it's officially negative 11 degrees right now uh, with a negative 35 wind chill. Oh, yeah. Put on a couple of... Yeah, if you're going to be outside grilling beers later, Marty, make sure you uh, bundle up. Yeah, I'll uh, definitely make sure to put on my uh, Scott Podsagnik jersey as an extra layer of protection. So, <laughs> But yes, it's been a pleasure, Tyler, and thanks to everyone again for listening. It's been a, a good episode. This is episode four. We'll be back for episode five in another week or so. Um, but uh, look forward to hearing from all you guys over the next week. Thanks again for listening. It's been uh, Beer Brats and Booyah, Supper Club Sports. Have a good night. Be safe out there. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.